0: I appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter number one. And uh, we are not going to be in Revelation tonight. Well, uh, we mostly won't be in Revelation. We will touch base with that. Um, but uh, we're going to look at it uh, as I was studying and, and looking over uh, things for this week. And, and this passage really jumped off the page at me. And, uh, and I was thinking about that. You know, um, I'm not a puzzle person my wife likes to do puzzles I'm not a big puzzle guy you know if you like to do puzzles praise the Lord good for you uh just not my thing but um but I have done a couple puzzles and on occasion when you do puzzles you know you're 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 at least for me maybe you do them maybe you're probably better at puzzles than I am but uh I'm like looking and looking and I finally find this piece and I I like put it in and and then I'm like you know what This piece, oh, I just saw this piece that would go there, and I'd try and find that piece. And and really, the Bible is layer after layer after layer after layer of many puzzle pieces, of many which can be assembled. It's like having... One puzzle that all of the pieces could assemble like 10 different pictures and, uh, and the same pieces. And so as I was reading uh, this passage in Luke chapter number one, uh, one of those verses really stuck off the page at me. And, uh, and really it, it, it corresponded with our study in the book of Revelation. And I thought, well, let's look at that on Sunday night and it will kind of dovetail into Revelation, but it will still be a Christmas theme and Christmas idea. And so the Bible, let's take our Bibles in Luke chapter number one. And uh, we're looking at when, when the angel came to Mary and was telling her uh, that she was going to bring the Savior into the world. What an incredible passage. Uh, just, I, every, I know every Christmas, uh, I'm just amazed at, at that. I'm amazed that Jesus Christ came in the form of a man that was in, in the form of a baby. Uh, An infant that was 100% dependent upon man for his life. Uh, What an incredible thing. I mean, you think about that. and, uh, And that just, that amazes me every single time. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb "...and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever." and of his kingdom there shall be no end." And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. God, I thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house. God, gathered around your word. Father, thank you for uh, the specials and, and God, all of the service that we've had up to this point. And God, what a blessing, what an encouragement. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak to hearts as only you can. And Father, we'll certainly thank you for that. And we'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As I look at this passage, of course, those last two verses are the verses that really stood out to me. And uh, I put a, if I had to put a title on this, I guess I would entitle it Kingdom Without End. And how often we read the Christmas story and we read through all of that. And I'll be honest with you, it just kind of jumped off the page because of We were in Revelation 5 last week, and Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 5 says this, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. If you remember properly, John was, uh, was, was, of course, having a vision and, uh, and he's sitting there in, in heaven. And, of course, we've described the throne. But then there was a book that he noticed that nobody was worthy to open. And, of course, John was heartbroken over that. And, and he started to weep. And, and then that verse number five pops up and they introduce uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah who is worthy to open the book. And we looked at that last week. Boy, what a blessing to see the lion, uh, the lamb, because that's the next thing, and the Lord. And that's Jesus Christ encapsulated in all of that. But as we read here, and as the angel came to Mary, he made this announcement that she would bring forth a babe that would be from God, and his name was to be called Jesus. Boy, what a precious name. There's a lot of people. Who, who, uh, who are avidly uh, state and believe that Jesus Christ is not God. Well, these verses will clearly declare that Jesus Christ is God. Uh, he was God in the flesh. He came in the flesh. Uh, and, and He was with us. And He, uh, if I use the word was, you'll have to pardon me, I don't mean was, He still is God. Uh, and He always will be God. And that scene in Revelation unfolds and very clearly proclaims that the the Lion of the tribe of Judah that's referenced here is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And He is the Lamb. And the Bible says that they, that He saw Him as it were, as though He had been slain and were alive. and uh, And boy, what a picture and what a contrast. And so as I read these verses... I want you to notice the proclamation uh, that this angel was giving. And, uh, and he's speaking to Mary. He's not speaking about Mary. Mary is not the lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, and I want that to be very clear. We studied uh, the life of Mary in our adult Sunday school class and pulled some characteristics. And she was certainly a blessed woman and used of God, but, but she is a person like you and I. Uh, she is not a deity. Uh, She is not our Savior, and we're we're not to pray to Mary. Uh, We are to pray to God, and Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. And that becomes very clear throughout this passage. But uh, the angel was speaking to Mary, uh, but he was not proclaiming that she was the Savior, but rather that uh, Jesus Christ is, look in verse number 31, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32, he shall be great. He's talking about the fact that Mary's son, Jesus, that would come into this world, he would be great. And uh, and look at what he says about him. Uh, he shall be great and shall be called the Son of of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David listen he's going to be hailed uh is what this angel is saying as the son of the highest And of course in Christmas time we see often that verse Isaiah uh, chapter number 9 and verse number 6 that says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And that is of course directed towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so this is what the angel is proclaiming to Mary. And, uh, and telling him, hey, he is going to be, uh, he shall be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest. Now I want you to notice in verse number 32 at the end of that and even into verse 33 the Bible says, unto him the throne of his father David, uh, excuse me, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And that's where we get the idea of kingdom without end. And, uh, and so as we look at this idea, uh, this is the proclamation that the angel made that, hey, he would certainly reign for all of eternity. Go with me, save your spot here in Luke, uh, but go with me to Genesis chapter 49. Genesis 49. Genesis chapter number 49 and verse number 9. And I want you to see this in the word of God uh, in my in my Schofield Bible, my dad showed me many years ago that uh, Genesis chapter three and verse number fifteen. Uh, there's a little note there, and if you go to the center, uh, it has the first advent, and it tells you where the next advent, uh, the, the the prophecy of of Christ. Uh, Advent is. And so you kind of follow that along. And and so I went back to Genesis 3.15 and I read all the way all the prophecies that were referenced in there up to Genesis 49 and verse number 9. And this is the first one that is so definitive about his kingship and about the fact that he's coming from the tribe of Judah. And the Bible says here in, in Genesis 49 and verse number 9 Um, In Genesis 49, Jacob is giving the blessings of his children. He's about to pass off the scenes. He's about to die. And uh, and so he's giving his last blessing as he goes through each of his children. Verse number 9, he's talking about Judah. And he says, Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey, my son. Thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion. And as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? Verse 10, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And that verse number 10 is a very clear reference to the, uh, to the coming king and to the kingdom that will not depart from Judah. And, uh, and so, hey, listen, that is a direct reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. Shiloh is the only time that's used, and that is used in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ or the Messiah. Uh, and so he's saying, hey, that the, the scepter is not going to depart from Judah. Uh, and so uh, that it will be, uh, um, it says, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And so this was the first time that it was mentioned. And we see that proclamation uh, that's given to us in Luke 1, uh, verses 32 and 3. And I want you to notice this. Uh, We'll go back to Luke here. That's the prophecy that's given there in, in Genesis 49. And I want you to notice the preview of the kingdom of God. Listen, the New Testament speaks about the kingdom of God. In June, I went back through my notes and I was looking over them. And in June, uh, we, had, we were answering Bible questions. And the question uh, dealt with, I didn't read the question, but it dealt with the kingdom of God. And so we went through and we defined what is the kingdom of God. And, and so uh, in looking at that, uh, listen, the kingdom of God is even referenced in the Old Testament. I told you, go back to Luke. Now go back to Psalms. I'm sorry, we'll be all over here. Psalm chapter 145, Psalm 145 and verse 10. And I got several verses to look at here as we think about God's kingdom. And the Old Testament uh, kingdom is used many times, and not every time you find a kingdom in the Old Testament is it referencing God's eternal kingdom or the kingdom of God. Uh, and, And sometimes it refers to other things. So you do have to be careful, but this passage is so very clear that I thought, boy, we need to read that. And look with me in Psalm 145 and verse number 10. The Bible says this, All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Verse 13, Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endureth throughout all. All generations. There are so many times in the Old Testament that we see this idea of the kingdom that is going to last for all of eternity. That's what we read in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 30, uh, 32 and 33. Uh, That the angel proclaimed to Mary, hey, that Jesus Christ, uh, hey, his kingdom shall endure forever. And so we see this foreshadowed and foretold in the Old Testament. Even here, I love this passage because if you go back and you reread verses 10 and 11, it says, all thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Boy, the works of the Lord. When Jesus Christ was here on the earth, the works that he did certainly blessed him. Certainly bless the Lord. And people looked up to that. Go to verse 11. And it says, they shall speak. Um, in verse, the end of verse 10, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. Hey, listen, today, you know what? We ought to be talking of God's power. And talking of God's glory. And and we're speaking of the goodness of God. And and those who are born again today ought to be glorifying God. And we see that. And then he goes on in verse number uh, 13. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. And I'm just saying that even in the Old Testament, it is referenced the kingdom of God. In the New Testament, what is that kingdom of God? Well, let's go back and revisit it. And John, uh, you don't have to turn there, but in John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And what does he tell Nicodemus? Remember, Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus at night uh, and, and Jesus said unto him in verse number 3, John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, I, I say unto thee, except A man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so we realize that immediately, hey, this kingdom of God uh, is is of spiritual connotation. At least this one in John chapter 3 that we're looking at. And so we see that there is a spiritual kingdom and it requires salvation. It requires being born again for us to be able to see that kingdom of God. Colossians chapter 1, you can jot this down. Colossians 1, you can go over there really quick. We can look at it. Colossians 1, because we got three verses to look at. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 12. Colossians 1, We're talking about the kingdom and, and, and how God's kingdom was prophesied. The angel said, hey, that it's going to last forever. We've seen it in the Old Testament. We've seen the prophecy in and, and the book of Genesis. We see it in the book of Psalms. You know, there's many, many passages throughout the Old Testament that talk about that. Uh, but look with me in, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 12. The Bible says this, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins." And so he's talking about salvation, and he's talking about some of those benefits of salvation that, number one, uh, that we've been delivered. Praise the Lord, we've been delivered from the power of darkness. Aren't you glad that we're no longer in bondage to sin? And our life has been changed, and we ought to be changed. And so we've been delivered from that darkness. And then he goes on, and we have an inheritance of the saints of light and uh And then he goes on and he says, um, and we've been translated uh, into the kingdom of his dear son. And if you have any doubts, verse 14 nails it down. In whom we have redemption, the Bible says, um, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. It's talking about Jesus Christ. And our salvation uh, translates us into his kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom that that is talking about. The kingdom of God did come in a spiritual sense. When Jesus was talking with the Pharisees in in Luke chapter number 17 and verse number 20, uh, He said this, And when He was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And so uh, there is an element of the idea that, hey, the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom that jo- at that, that a point of salvation we are, we are translated, as the Bible says, into that kingdom. And so there is that element of a spiritual kingdom. Hey, listen, I believe that once we're saved... We're always saved. I don't, just, you know, I don't want you to agree with me because I believe it. Let me rephrase that. The Bible says that once we're saved, we are always saved. Amen? And so that, that, that uh, kingdom of God is an eternal and everlasting kingdom. Praise the Lord for that. There is no end to that. But it gets better. Because it's not just a spiritual kingdom that the Bible is describing. When we, when we look at Luke and all the prophecy of the Old Testament, there is a physical kingdom that is also being described. And so when Jesus came uh, and he came uh, as a babe with with Mary and he was born in Bethlehem. And and listen, he came uh, to die on the cross and raise again from the dead so that you and I could be saved and we could be born again. And we could have passage and entrance into that kingdom of God. But there is a physical kingdom that's foretold. Matter of fact, uh, you can just note this down. uh, If you don't want to go there, Daniel chapter number 7. And Daniel chapter 7 is extensive. It it talks a lot about it. We're only going to read one verse for sake of time. But Daniel chapter 7 covers this. And we looked at this in our book of Revelation as we're studying Daniel chapter 7, verse number 14. And this verse is just very clear. And the Bible says... I'll go back to verse 13. We'll read two verses. Daniel 7, 13, the Bible says, I saw in the night visions, this is Daniel speaking, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days and they brought him near before him. Verse 14, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people Nations and languages should serve Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and His kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Boy, what a very clear verse. That the, the King, uh, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, when Gabriel came to, uh, to Mary and said, hey, behold, you're going to bring forth a child. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the words exactly right down there. But then he said, hey, of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And I believe it's twofold. There is a spiritual kingdom, but there is definitely a physical kingdom. Hey, listen, that's why the Jews were disappointed. That's why when Jesus didn't come and, and, and take up arms and overthrow the Roman government and set himself up as king on this earth, that's why they by and large rejected him. They said, this is not our Messiah. This is not the king. This is not the prophecy. After all, we read in Daniel about that. We read in Genesis about the king that's going to come, and of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And how can that be if if your Messiah is crucified on a cross? And does not take up his kingly throne, and does not do that. That's why the Jews were all upset, and that's why they were. Uh, they. That's by and large why they rejected him as their savior. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter nine and verse number six. We know this verse. And then in verse number seven, it goes on and it clarifies. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, uh, uh, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And it's saying, hey, there is a kingdom that's coming that will have no end. And all of these prophecies we know are pointing to Jesus Christ. And, and listen, he did establish a spiritual kingdom of God. And, uh, but he will establish a physical kingdom that's here on this earth. You can jot these down. We don't have time to go there. But Jeremiah chapter 23 in verses 5 through 8 and Jeremiah chapter 33 in verses 15 through 18 are verses that are just so clear that say, hey, there is a kingdom that is coming that is going to be without end. And you say, all right, pastor, wonderful. When is that? Hey, we're back to Revelation where we started. And, and really, uh, as John is, is seeing that wonderful scene unfold in heaven, and as he's witnessing that, uh, it's interesting because Revelation chapter 5 and only verse number 5 points out that he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, and that he hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. The next verse, verse number six, introduces him as the lamb. And listen, praise the Lord for the lamb. Praise the Lord for, for, for the lamb that was our sacrifice that shed his precious blood on the cross of Calvary so that you and I can be saved. Praise the Lord for that lamb. But he gives them a a, a glimmer. He gives them a a, a little bit of of looking ahead and saying, hey, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then you fast forward to the end of the book of Revelation, chapter number 20. And look with me in verse number 2. We won't spend a lot of time developing this, but I just want you to see it. Revelation chapter number 20 and verse number 2. We'll we'll just go to verse number one. We'll start there. Revelation 21, 20 and verse number one. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And so we see here a, a kingdom, a physical kingdom that Jesus Christ will set up and for a thousand years will reign. But wait a minute, Pastor, those passages said that they'll be for all of eternity. Hey, listen, it doesn't say that his reign will end after a thousand years says there'll be peace for a thousand years. Then after that, they have to lose Satan for a little bit. And, and then, listen, uh, but that, that doesn't mean his reign ends right there. He will continue to reign. The Bible is very clear that he will reign for all of eternity. Hey, right now, the Bible calls Satan the God with a little g of this world. He has a whole lot of free reign. Well, you look around, you say, yeah, it's real clear. It's real evident. He has a lot of reign here on this earth. But listen, there's coming a day when he will not. Matter of fact, he'll be, uh, we read that, man, I love that passage. He'll lock him up. thousand years. Could could you, what will take place on this earth with a thousand years and no Satan? I don't know exactly. Um, I'm not saying man is still man and they still have a sin nature. They'll still mess up. But I am saying this, that Jesus Christ's kingdom will be established and that He will reign for all of eternity. Back in Luke, where we started all of this, it's fascinating. The Bible says in Luke 1, in verse number 32, this is the angel giving Mary these things, He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto Him the throne of His Father, David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and, his, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's all going to be fulfilled. Some people look at it and they say, well, that, that didn't take place. Jesus came and he died. No, no, no. It's not over. The story has not been finished yet. He's still alive. He's still sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. And he has not yet set up his uh, physical kingdom that he will set up. And it will be for all of eternity. Hey, the Bible's not wrong. It's 100% right. Sometimes we just got to understand it correctly and properly. And we look at that and I just read that. And boy, I don't know about you, but I was just blessed to know, boy, that little baby that was born. In Bethlehem. I, I, don't, I don't really believe he was born in December. Don't tell anybody. But we're representing it. It's all right. We remember it. I love that. I love that we remember that he was born. Hey, that little baby that was born. Hey, listen, he is the king of kings for all eternity. Praise the Lord. He went to the cross because he loved us. What an amazing God, if you think about it, that He would love us so much that He would give Himself on the cross of Calvary. Paul references in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, he talks about the mystery of the church. The Jews didn't see the church age at all. They saw the kingdom of God coming. They waited for the kingdom. Now you go back and read the Old Testament passages and, and you find, well, yeah, it's not real clear that there is a spiritual kingdom of God or that the Gentiles would be saved. Remember when the, the, the gospel was taken, the Gentiles, the Jews were like, wait a minute, can, can Gentiles even be saved? I mean, God had dealt specifically with the Jews for so long that they, they were not sure about all of that. And so it was veiled in a mystery to the Jews. Praise the Lord. God opened the door so we could get in. We could be saved. And that we can trust Him as our own personal Savior. And He's still going to set up that, that kingdom. And praise the Lord. We'll, I don't know what part we'll have in it, but we'll be there. And uh, we'll get to watch it all unfold. And what a, what a blessed day that that will be. What an amazing passage that He revealed that to Mary before Jesus was born. And she knew exactly, you say, Pastor, you think she understood that that there was a church age and that we would be saved by grace? I, I don't know that she understood that, but as she went along, she came to realize, wait a minute, he's not setting up an earthly kingdom right now. And then when she watched him die on the cross of Calvary, she was there. I think she realized, well, that's our Savior, that's our salvation. And he is the Lamb that took away the sins of the world, just like John the Baptist had proclaimed. And I think a lot of that stuff became clear. The Bible says that as, um, in one of the passages when, when, when she's there, the Bible says that she pondered all of these things in her heart. And I think, man, there was a lot running around in her head as she watched a lifetime unfold before her and prophecy of the Old Testament. And she'd go back and read it and be like, man, that's incredible. That's, that's my son that I was allowed to bring into the world. He is the Savior of the world, and He is the King of kings, and He will set up an eternal kingdom that will be without end. Praise the Lord for that. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, it's quite an amazing thing. What an amazing experience for Mary to ponder all of that and put that together. What a blessing it is for us to recognize that we serve the King of kings. Father, I pray that you'd encourage each and every person that's here tonight. And God, I pray as we understand and realize more of the Scripture, God, that we would have that much deeper of a love and appreciation for the fact that you came into this world. And God, you opened up the door of salvation to a spiritual kingdom of God that we could be made part of that. We could have a way in. God, that you grafted in the Gentiles. God, that you adopted us, as it says. God, what a blessing. And God, to know that you are going to set up an eternal kingdom. What an incredible realization. To put all of that together. God, I pray that you'd help us to know you better, to love you more. And as we look at the Bible and as we read it, God, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. And show us things on a regular basis. Father, we'll thank you for that. And God, will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. Maybe you just want to thank Him for being a king that would come. The king, the king of kings, the lion of the tribe of Judah, whose kingdom will not end. Oh, it's not all unfolded yet. Someday it's going to. We'll be there. Are you part of the kingdom of God? Have you been saved? Have you been born again? Like Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God.